just because it's in your family or, well, I'm Irish and that's how we are. Or you can say, this is a generational curse or this is a generational problem, but it stops with me. We heal in health and we die through dieting. You feel? Yeah, me too. Let's start the vulnerable and raw conversations needed to inspire. Let's get the experts talking to educate and motivate. Let's come together as a community to discuss what it means to be optimally human and aligned spirit. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes, and this is Let's Start Health. Hello and welcome back to Let's Start Health. I am so super excited to offer you guys a really fun new series, somewhat of a mini series that we are going to be offering here within the Let's Start Health community. And we are coining it Cousin Coffee Chat with my nearest and dearest and one of two female cousins, (laughs) Pamela Rojas, where we have decided to come together and have intuitive and candid conversations over coffee, where we will discuss all things family, holistic health, women's entrepreneurship, and really any other real talk that just feels right in the moment. (laughs) So I'd love to, Pam, have you come on and give us a little update, first and foremost, at the time that we are recording this, guys, we are recording an hour late because it's real life, real talk. <laughs> yes, I overslept and my phone was dead. No one could get a hold of me. I panicked my husband. He was ready. He works for the police department. He's like ready to send an officer to the house. And like, oh my gosh, it was just such a mess. <laughs> this is real, real life momhood, right? And yeah. it wasn't, you know, it was for good reason though. You went out last night for the first time during this whole coronavirus 2020 yes. pandemic. Yes, I'm a, I had a good time. Responsible, I was totally responsible. Obviously, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my friends spilled her drink. Um, her, her, she had knocked over her water and immediately it was just like, just a reaction. I just started cleaning it up right away. It was like, was you such a mom. You're like, yep, yes. I am. So tell us more about that. I was going to say a proud mom of how many and tell us more about a little bit about that journey. Yes. So I am a stepmom um, to my stepdaughter who will be 21 actually tomorrow. Ooh, happy early birthday. Yes. And um, I'm only 34, by the way. So it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, but um, that has been a wonderful relationship that's now bloomed more into a friendship. And I, I just love it. And I know she does like, we should talk about blended families because that was a whole journey within itself over there. So we'll go, yes. we'll get to that. Another, that's another story for another day. Yes. But I also have my five-year-old Carlos, um, and then my baby girl, Leticia, and she just turned a year old last month so oh, all the birthdays all the yeah. spring babies yes. <laughs> actually yeah her birthday is right around your mom's birthday yep yep the end of may beginning june my mom's is the end of may and letty's is the beginning of june right no she's like right before the 23rd of may 
Oh, that's right. Of course. Same as one of my best friends from high school. But she came early. Yeah. Yeah. She was supposed to be due um, June 1st. So that's. That's why, I, that's why I had that in my mind. Her due date was June 1st yeah amazing yeah and that alone has also I mean we'll add this as another topic maybe talking about um you know the the birthing process oh yeah (laughs) and all that with that that's definitely going to be a topic that we'll talk about here in the next few weeks and for any of any of our listeners here this cousin coffee chat will be launched on the first Wednesday of every single month and we will rename this mini series within let's start health so you can actually follow along our cousin chats uh, and listen to that first episode of each month kind of in in a row so you're following along with the conversation yes that sounds like such a good idea and if there's anything that you know our listeners want us to talk about we're open to that too (laughs) yes so fun fact for everybody here um pam is not only my cousin and one of my nearest and dearest best friends but also the editor of let's start health so want to um well let's dive in actually with this by the way drum roll on the day that this episode is launching we're celebrating one year yes i can't believe it that went by happy so birthday fast. to us yeah i know i cannot believe it has been a year and it's so funny to think about the creative process and the ebbs and flows that come with this maybe we'll add this as a topic of conversation as well <laughs> but the ebbs and flows of the creative process oh, and yeah. and life and life mixed up in that oh yeah, I mean, and honestly, in the last year of our lives, has it not been one of the craziest? It's been a wild ride, but we've had each other and we both like, we've said that to each other so many times. I'm so thankful I have you in my life at this season because it was not always like that. Exactly. So today's episode, that's actually the perfect leeway because we want to share a little bit about our family dynamic because I think anyone listening to this could really benefit from hearing other stories and, and you know we all learn from sharing our, our stories and it's been really interesting I think for us now that we are so close and thank God you know for that because yes <laughs> I'm adding topic lists here but the last year of our lives has just been one of the toughest and most challenging and not saying that it'll be the most challenging ever ever I but so. it's <laughs> I hope so. It's because it's been a ride. I'm not looking for it. It's more of a This is like a good level for me. <laughs> Maxed out. <laughs> so let's share a little bit, I guess, about our lives because the reason and the intention of sharing that, I mean, is not just to be on a soapbox and tell you guys all about us, but I think really the overarching importance is to realize that the family dynamics and the generational trauma that came through mm-hmm. really affected the relationship between two first cousins who were born very close within each other. We were the only grandkids from our parents at that stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit. So basically, how do we back up? We both come from our, well, your paternal grandmother and my maternal grandmother. So our Nana was the same. Mm-hmm. She had four kids, two daughters, two sons. You were the daughter of one of the sons, and I was the daughter of one of the daughters. <laughs> yes. yes. So we grew up um, 
in a, you know, Nana was kind of the matriarch of the family. And that's kind of where like we essentially stem from as first cousins. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, because as we grandfather should, we should mention that Gampa passed away when we were very young. I think we were like two yes. or three. Exactly. And oh. I actually have a very specific memory of being in the hospital with him, like going to visit him in the hospital. Isn't that funny how memories just like certain ones stick with you? Mm-hmm. I actually have a memory of him. <laughs> This is so funny, yelling at us because we were. We remember in the in the condo, we were like trying to like slide down the stairs, and he was like, "You're gonna get a rug burn." And he, I don't remember this, but I have the worst memories. And we still kept doing it. I do remember sliding down the stairs. I don't know why that was so fun. There was nothing better to do, really. There, yeah, there was. This was like pre internet pre yeah like what else do you do at nana's house besides eat i always remember she had diet coke and like sugar-free ice cream in the fridge but they were so delicious for some reason oh yeah (laughs) so rug burns on our butt sliding down the stairs was basically like but yeah i don't i don't that's really one of the only vivid memories that i have of gampa we called him gampa um so fast forward a little bit you know i think I think, I I mean, I have a lot of really fond memories from our childhood, you know, like times where we spent lots of time together, summers that we spent at the beach club together. Which I must add here that you have always been more of the live on the edge risk taker. (laughs) (laughs) And I was not (laughs) at all. Can we t- please really quickly tell the story that, of course, I don't remember this, of breaking and into I the... I want to get in trouble. Like, you <laughs> never got in trouble. And I always, the one time that I'd be like, okay, fine, well, I'll go along with it. Of course, that we would get in trouble. So you thought you had this brilliant idea um, that you and me and our brothers were going to go upstairs to the, the these, like, cabana closets. And you go... I'm telling you, some people keep their keys up like in the rafter. And I'm like, okay, so, and you're like, we'll just, we'll just take the key. We'll open it. We'll look inside and we'll put it back. I'm like, okay. For whatever reason, that was a thrill. So we do it. And then you remember there was the lady, she was like the president of the club, like lived behind all of those like closet things. She lived upstairs. I forgot her name. Yes. She reminded me of like this, like, I always pictured her as like, the scary yes. witch of the castle. Like and so she of course, why not? I don't is walking, go to go downstairs, whatever, and yeah. she sees us. And oh my God. I thought I was I literally thought I was going to pass out. And of course, <laughs> my parents reamed me out. I mean reamed me out. And my brother didn't get in trouble of course because he was younger. <laughs> I feel so bad. I remember the first time you told me this story, I just felt so like soul crushing bad because I mean, if anyone knows me in person, they know that I am like, I'm a bit of a like stick it to the man. Like, let's see how far we can take this. Like, let's see what we can get away with in life. And obviously like I had no intention on stealing anything. It was like you said, just the thrill of like opening somebody's locker looking in and then putting it back <laughs> which I don't remember but that is so funny. like that is like one like such a clear like I go right back to that day <laughs> well and it's funny because as you're telling the story like I do have memories of being up there and I'm like maybe I do remember it but I don't know if I'm just like in Im- 
printing the story? Because of course, I mean, we've spent every single summer at the beach club, you know, our whole childhood. There was another time that we, uh, you just, I don't know why you decided like behind the kitchen to the dumpster area. Okay. Oh, I loved it. Deathly afraid of uncle Charlie, like deathly afraid of him. Oh my gosh. He saw, he found us or whatever, and oh my, that was another time. Got in trouble for that. <laughs> so Uncle Charlie was the husband of our Nana's sister, right? And he was in the cabana, like they lived in the cabana community along with Aunt Ma, who was Nana's yes. other sister. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So many good memories. Uncle Charlie was that typical, super tall, super deep voice kind of like intimidating personality to a bunch of kids running around at the beach club. So yeah, you, he's, we should make a cartoon out of those beach club memories. It would be really fun. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was about just like wanting to be rebellious. And I think as an adult, this is something that I work on with my clients. This is something I work on in myself, but it's honoring that rebellious, I'll be innocent, little inner child you know like I wasn't doing anything I wasn't breaking any rules I just wanted to be rebellious you know and I think about how many times as an adult we stop ourselves from I don't know hiding behind the dumpster or like I don't I don't know like stupid things because we just put ourselves into boxes and then when we don't honor that rebellious inner child we lash out in other ways and I see it so often in the case of For example, my clients like binge eating or we quote unquote define ourselves as being bad because, you know, I'm eating cake. You know, we want to be bad. We want to be rebellious, but we don't have like the proper means or the words or the awareness to nurture that inner child in a way that, you know, obviously you're not hurting anyone or breaking any laws, but maybe you go skinny dipping for the first time in years, you know, or maybe you wear no underwear to yoga class, <laughs> you know, under your yoga pants. So let's take a step forward here and fast forward, I think, to middle school and high school, I think was kind of the pivotal time where our families kind of started separating. And I think the important thing to know here is that my parents, my mom and dad, this is Chelsea talking for all the listeners, <laughs> my mom and dad got divorced when I was in middle school and it was quite a traumatic situation um my dad just left honestly even to this day I don't really know you can go back to like the beginnings I think episode two one two and three kind of talk about my story and and my story about forgiveness but I give a little bit more details into what happened at that time but the important takeaway is that my mom didn't have the coping mechanisms to manage this trauma. Now she had to file bankruptcy. She lost her house. She wasn't working full time. She had two young children. I was 12. My brother was 10. My dad just up and left. So the love of her life just abandoned her and and their kids. And rather than leaning into family for support, she retreated internally because she was so embarrassed. And I think it's it's a really important leeway into the conversation of how generational trauma and the beliefs that you are raised in can really affect the future generations because, because of that during this time, you know, I 
we pretty much lost touch, you know? And on top of that, really, when I reflect back, if I'm like being very real with myself, I didn't know how to manage the trauma. All of a sudden now, I just lost my dad. Uh, we lost our house. I found a journal recently from that time. And, and the specific journal entry was, we just moved into our new house a couple weeks ago. It's all been very confusing, but we're good. So that was kind of like the mindset. Like, I don't really know what's going on, but like overall things are fine. Um, but in reality, they weren't. And, you know, as I hit puberty and then going into high school, like I started having boyfriends really young. I started kind of rebelling in a way that, again, it was sort of that rebellious inner child that now didn't know how to deal with this huge life stressor and abandonment trauma. And, you know, my mom didn't really have the foresight to think like, oh, maybe my kids need therapy. You know, like that wasn't really, I mean, back in the nineties, that, that was taboo. I mean, nobody thought about that. No. And, and overall, like we were fine, you know, like, yeah, my brother and I fought or like, I don't know, I, I would lash out at my mom and get in an argument. But for the most part, I just kind of started doing my own things. And I think because I was a straight A student, I went to a private Catholic high school, like on paper, everything was fine. I was captain of the sports teams, but I think really in my heart and in my gut, I was really seeking love and affection. So like I said, I was, I had boyfriends very young. Once I got my, once I got a car, well, really once our grandmother passed away, this was kind of like the next layer to everything. And my mom ended up getting her car. So I got our little Ford Tempo, which I ended up totaling the next winter because I hit black eyes. So dumb. Like we, like we had money to get a new car. No, I just had no car after that. But it was probably a good thing because with that car, I was just never home, right? So I'd love to hear a little bit about like your perspective of middle school and high school and kind of what was happening for you at that time. Because I think it can kind of piece together why we sort of, you know, we had this like pretty close childhood where we spent holidays together and time together. And then all of a sudden, like the families kind of just sort of dissipated. Yeah. So I grew up, um, first of all, I grew up in Warwick, which anybody who's familiar with Rhode Island, we <laughs> are the smallest state <laughs> in the United States, but we have yep. this mindset of like, oh my gosh, like it's more than 20 minutes to get there. Forget it. Like that's a day trip. Yes. So, so for us, Narragansett, which is where you live near the beach, it was just kind of felt like it was like a long trip. And, and my parents, we all just ended up staying up in like more towards central Rhode Island. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we just went about our lives. I knew that your dad and mom weren't together anymore. I knew that you guys moved to a new house, but that was the extent of it. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I remember the times that we did see each other in that, in that time period. I just, I just didn't feel like you wanted to be around me. And we've talked about this. This is yeah. no shocker, just so yeah. our listeners know. Yeah. Um, but I, and I, I specifically remember one of our aunts, like Chelsea loves you. And I was like, no, she doesn't like stop, just stop. Like, let me have my space and eat my mashed potatoes in front of the TV, please. <laughs> but, you know, I knew, obviously I also like 
you know, during that time, hormones and are changing and yeah. you're like, I was more emotional and not seeing things as clear as I would now, obviously. Yeah. Um, so obviously I know that you still loved me and things like that. But at the time I didn't understand what was going on. I was just like, Chelsea's so pretty and she's so smart and she has all these friends and she's not awkward. Like what, like what's her problem? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I just had no concept, especially because I grew up my mom and dad and they're still, they're still married. They're still together. Very, yes. what we would call a stable yes. kind of upbringing and very loving, nurturing. Um, you know, so I, literally had absolutely no concept of the quote-unquote broken family the dad leaving what abandonment felt like I literally even it, that even it's a great thing and I'm, I'm so appreciative of it but that has also affected my own marriage because my husband comes from a, a home that didn't have his dad so it it was hard for me to even come close to understanding what that's like like it was such a foreign concept. I couldn't relate even in the slightest bit. Yeah. And Not I think I didn't want to, I just didn't know. Well, and I would love just to add to that too. I think that was like, as we're talking about it now, and then when I reflect back, like when I was 13, 14, like I wasn't conscientiously thinking these things, but reflecting back now, I think at the time you shared a memory with me where I think you guys came down and I just like left and went and hang out, hung out with my friends, you know? Right. It was seriously, I think, a coping mechanism because also at the time, you know, like you said, our one of our aunts was there and there, there was a lot of family dynamics and, and triggers for me. So like if there was drinking involved, I just couldn't be around it. Like I was just so, I need to get out of here. And I, I think at the time I knew how like my experience seemed so different than your current experience that... I almost didn't want to, I just felt like we couldn't yeah. relate and at I that time. That you know what I mean? I mean, you, you yeah. remember drinking? Yeah. I have no memory of that. Cause I, I was so naive and so innocent. Like I had no idea of anything, anything, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I, I, I kind of at the time, and, and again, this is not at all, it was just the coping mechanism that our family knew to go to. And because of that, I took on a lot of the responsibility for myself and my younger brother. And it was, it was, there was a few times like at our house where like drinking elevated and escalated to a point where like the police had to be called. Like it, there was like, it was just a very different dynamic than I think what your daily experience was at the time. And Neither is good, neither is bad, but it's very interesting to see how our relationship then essentially was kind of affected in one way or another. It wasn't necessarily bad or good. And in the end, of course, God has a bigger plan and now we're closer than ever. Yeah. And now we're able to digest and talk about these experiences that as children and adolescents, we couldn't. So I think for anyone who's listening to this, I think the point of sharing it is the trauma was not your fault. The generational trauma was not your fault, but it is our responsibility to heal, right? And I think that's where like, where you and I are taking on these experiences and even, you know, for another episode, what you're experiencing, you know, in, in, as a wife and a mother and your marriage and everything that's happening in your life as well. And, you know, how do I take responsibility for my own mental health, mm -hmm. my own well-being? And 
I think it's important to talk about like what was not talked about back in the 90s, really, and generationally. You know, when I look at my mom and aunt and uncles, like, you know, just the inability to really communicate about each with each other about their emotions because maybe they felt embarrassed or they felt taboo or even more importantly i think in the in the topic of conversation of mental health like taking it back that other generation to our nana and gampa you know their parents mental health was not talked about and if something was wrong of course you know after our grandfather passed away our nana experienced severe depression and you know, thinking about it now, it almost breaks my heart because that depression could have probably easily just been medicated. And I mean, medicated in a way that was mindful rather than overly medicated, which is what ended up happening right. to her. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and they basically had to put her into a mental institution because she was improperly medicated and over medicated in other ways. So, you know, I think that generationally, when it came down to our parents, like, that communication just wasn't there. And it wasn't like at a time when family needed each other most, their own insecurities and embarrassments, I think, were help, held them back from communicating. And then therefore it essentially trickled down to us. Right, exactly. And then how we reconnected in our adult years. Um, we would yeah. see each other once in a while because you went away for college and then you got settled down yep. in Charleston and... Um, I stayed here, you know, in Rhode Island and, you know, did, did the whole college thing, became an art teacher, got married, you know, the quote unquote normal life. And then ever since then, my life has been anything but normal. So again, another story for another day. Um, Yes. But then at one point you came up here to visit your mom and you're like, Hey, we'd love to come and visit. And we miscommunicated on the day. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's like five minutes away. My house is a mess. Like I was so stressed out, but that I I remember like feeling so stressed and upset that like, I'm like, I'm not ready for this. And that was the best visit we ever had. And then from there, it just snowballed and, and we just became best friends. And that was, yeah. I was in my house. So I think maybe like four years ago. Yeah. And I think the, I think something that's coming through for me, that's important to remember. That's like in that moment, it worked out exactly as it was supposed to. And it's so funny how in our mind, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. The house is a mess. Like we create these stories in our mind that inevitably, if we thought we had control of that timing or the day or whatever, it might not have happened, but instead, you know, we just, And I I commend you for this too, because I know how that anxiety has really taken hold of you at times. And that's, you know, that's, that's on the list as well for another topic, another day. And, you know, I think just being willing to be vulnerable is the whole moral of that story and saying, you know what, like the house is a mess, you know, the kids smearing poop on the wall, (laughs) you know, the toilet paper is right there. Like, (laughs) <laughs> on that why the wall like I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh the kids are so you know funny. what it is too like what I, it's people okay you're like oh I gotta get my kid toiletry and it's gonna be so great people do not tell you how long you have to wipe butts for like <laughs> my son's five and I'm like still like all right let me check make sure you wiped correctly I'm like how long like how long? <laughs> 
When am I? And now your baby girl is only one. So you, oh my God, girl, you got a lot of wipe and butt. Explosive diaper the other day. I'm like, for the love of Pete, <laughs> what is happening? Poop is everywhere. It looked, it looked like a melted Snickers bar. Oh my gosh, it was terrible in her brand new dress. Of course, it always happens that way. It's funny between being a gut health coach and then like being so close to you. And then also I'm in another like text group with like a bunch of girlfriends who it's like me and only one other one that don't have kids. All of the rest have kids. The, the number of times I talk about poop per day is just like, I think it's above average, but it's just so normal. For I me. know. Cause the other day I was like, Oh, I'll be, I'll call you in a minute. I'm pooping. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you know, destigmatizing the poop talk, which honestly, I think because it's so normal for me to talk about that, I forget that for many people, yeah. poop conversation is not normal and not comfortable. No, oh no. Like I'll have people DM me on Instagram and they're like, I just love that you just so openly talk about poop. I'm like, you don't? <laughs> no, Chelsea, 90% that of could population be- does not. This is so, this is news to me. This is so strange. <laughs> and also potentially why half the population is constipated all the Seriously. time. Like just better out than in. And I used to have struggles with that. Now I don't. Yeah. Thanks to you. Love that. Love that so much. And the gut reset. So good. Yes. Well, I think a couple key important points for today's episode. Number one, I'm so glad that our listeners are going to have the opportunity to get to know who is behind the podcast. Uh, mm. on different levels and different layers. And I love like, you know, sharing these memories that again, I just, and maybe I, I need to stop telling myself I have a bad memory because that's become a mantra, but it's sometimes it, it's embarrassing. But anyway, I'm really glad that you're here because you have a great memory. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it is one of my strengths. You know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Yes. So. Well, thank God we balance each other out there. <laughs> um, and also, you know, generational trauma. And I think, you know, the important takeaway of today's episode was that number one, be vulnerable always because that is how things can shift in your life. And if you've noticed that there are family dynamics that have been affected by generational trauma and and not just trauma, but also like the beliefs and the identities that were formed from those traumas. You know, think about it. Our grandparents and their parents came from the Great Depression. So like, think about the scarcity mindset that has fed into your family and your belief system. Think about the coping mechanisms and what the conversation of mental health looks like. And if these are not regular and open topics of conversation for you and your immediate family members, I highly encourage you to start that conversation. You know, that's the point of let's start health. Let's start those conversations, those raw, real vulnerable ones. And we hope that, you know, our personal stories can be a little bit of an inspiration to everybody listening. Yeah. And I think one of the things I live by is just because it's in your family or, well, I'm Irish and that's how we are. You can say, this is a generational curse or this is a generational problem, but it stops with me. Like my motivation are my kids. Like I can already see that my son Carlos can be like me and some of those anxiety ridden ways. And now because I'm so, I've been so reflective and, and, and gotten help and all this stuff, I can help him now. So like that curse is, I'm saying it stops with me. My son will be free from that, you know? So just an encouragement, you know, to people that it does, you're not, you're not bound or changed by that. 
Exactly. And it starts, I think you, what you just said, taking that step of self-awareness yes. and saying, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I'm willing to look inwards and then recruiting help, which our next episode, we're going to talk more about the stigmas of mental health and medication and therapy. So I'm super excited uh, next month to dive deeper into that conversation, but you're exactly right. I think it starts with the self-awareness and then it's, it transitions into, well, how do I change that is I have to take responsibility here. I have to take action. I have to own where my weaknesses are. And I don't mean weakness in a negative way, but where are the things in my life that are causing strife? And I have to take responsibility for that. And that's how we break that generational mindset. And just like what you said, I mean, I see it so often, even with my clients, like, oh, For example, us personally, I can speak on myself. You know, we grew up, like you said, Irish Catholic. We don't talk about mental health. We just drink it under the rug and we dance and we pretend like everything's fine. Um, You know, I see see other families too. Uh, You know, I have friends who, you know, well, we're very Italian and we're very open. And and sometimes it's establishing those boundaries in a codependent family can be very hard, right? So it can go both ways. So yeah, I think those takeaways hopefully from this episode can uh, serve the greater good and people can learn from our willingness to be vulnerable. And I'm so appreciative, Pam, of you coming on here with me because I think this is a really great addition. This mini series will be a really great addition to the Let's Start Health intention. Well, thank you. I'm really excited about this. It was just like a, just a random idea that we had and it really, I feel like has picked up speed really quickly. So I'm excited to see where it goes and I really hope people are encouraged and inspired to be like, you know what, I can do this too. Cause we're really just two regular people. There's like nothing super special about us. Other than like <laughs> exactly. you said, we're willing to be self-aware and vulnerable. Amen to that. So thank you so much. And, you know, we are both female entrepreneurs now, relatively new female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. And I'd love for anybody listening today, if you have any topics of conversation that you would like us to digest with you and just chat about, um, let's, we're going to open up maybe a questionnaire dialogue where you can send and submit questions. So please follow us on Instagram at let's start health and submit your questions there. And we can make sure that we address them on the podcast. Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in to cousin coffee chat. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health and of course my account, your host, The Chelsea Haynes, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again and remember, be curious and relentless on this journey to health.